0: Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and chief priest have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace be yours from Jesus, Lord of lords, King of kings, God of gods. Jesus said, one reason, and for one reason only, I came into this world, and that was to testify, to bear witness to the truth. The very next thing in Scripture, the very verse after this gospel reading is Pontius Pilate's response to that. And I have to tell you that it sounds a lot like our postmodern babble that passes as spirituality today. Pilate says, Well, well what is truth? And then, as often the case when no one cares about truth, and unless they want to beat somebody else up with it, Pilate, who as you know will ultimately condemn Jesus to crucifixion. Pilate defends Jesus. He's a good man. I don't find anything wrong. I can't bring any charges against him. No joke, Pilate. (laughs) He's the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, capital G God of all the little gods who's going to rise from the dead and sit at the right hand of the Father who's one day going to come back and judge in mercy and in grace and love the way no king ever has or ever will, the living and the dead. And you, little Pontius Pilate, you find nothing wrong with him. As if what you or anyone else believes is the key to the whole thing. It's really hard to know what's true. I don't know that anybody would disagree with that. When I was a child, it was the start of the big science movement that we're going to study enough science and that's going to solve everything. But as you know, even science is up for grabs. Nobody can even agree on science, and everybody manipulates science. Don't confuse me with the facts. What are the facts? And it's really hard to know who to trust. There are very few heroes and heroines anymore, very few authority figures. Most of us have been smudged. Coaches, clergy, politicians, teachers. We were taught as children to question authority, and for a very good reason, because authority is questionable. Everyone has his or her own version of the truth. I've always thought, and Steve Russo actually showed it to me. He has something like this on his iPhone, and if I had to figure out how fast I'm using it right now. I've always thought it would be great to have something called a truth detector. It would be like those old-fashioned Geiger detectors, you know, in the the old black-and-white movies, that when it got close to the uranium, it would beep louder and louder and would let us, like, figure out who's being just a tad dishonest from time to time. Beep a little bit if someone's lying. Beep, 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 beep. Beep a lot if they're really lying. Beep, 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 beep. Here's some things I've discovered. You would have a hard time watching television. Beep, 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 beep. You would watch no commercials. Beep, 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 beep. No one would watch a presidential debate. Beep, 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 beep. It would change a lot of relationships. Beep, beep, beep. Even relationships in the church. Beep, 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 beep. It's so hard to know what is really true. And yet, who else could argue with this? Truth is essential. It's essential for life to work. Can a marriage survive without truth? Can your relationship with your children or with your parents survive without truth? Can any relationship survive without telling the truth? Can a culture survive without integrity? Happened only once during my sabbatical, I'm proud to say, but when you see those flashing lights in the back rear view mirror, it was just a taillight, thankfully. Can you imagine being a person of color in America when you see that? What would it be like to live in a country or a community where you couldn't trust the police or the military or the government, or the leaders of the world with the powers that they wield. Pharmacists mixes the drugs that I need. I need to stay alive. And if he or she dilutes the drug in order to sell a little bit out of the back of the store, I'm going to be a goner. We depend on the restaurant, food processing chain, to have a certain level of sanitation, and to value telling the truth more than making a profit. I hope you're getting the picture here. When you question whether a little bit of lying is a serious issue, it is. It's serious. Ask yourself, what would it be like to live in a society, in a community where no one could be trusted? Truth is absolutely essential. One of my top ten books of all time, Scott Peck, 1998. I was totally dismayed to look up on Amazon, and find out I could buy it for a penny, a hard copy for a penny. Every one of you should go out and buy this book. One of the things that Peck says is that God created us, designed us for, and to thrive in relationships, honest, truthful relationships in community, that God created us for real community, and that deep inside each one of us is a desire, is a created need for intimacy with other human beings, for community. Now, that is exactly a new thought to Scott Peck, That's John Dunn's, no man is an island, entire of himself. Every person is a piece of the continent, part of the main. But Peck takes it further. Peck goes on, he says, that too often, even though we desire and need community, we settle for something he calls pseudo-community, or fake, lying community, where... In that pseudo-community, misunderstandings are buried for the sake of peacekeeping. Hurt feelings are hidden. Frustrations never are aired. Difficult questions, admitting wrongdoing, telling the truth, taboo in pseudo-community. And the underlying rule in a pseudo-community is don't rock the boat, just get along, let's not irritate anyone. And here's the thing. That's not real. That's not real peace. That's not real life. It's counterfeit, pseudo-peace. And he argues that until you go through pseudo-community, you can't find peace. Misunderstandings need to be resolved to find peace. Feelings need to be shared, not stuffed, otherwise they come out in inappropriate ways. Over time, and less discussed, less felt, touched, reconciled, relationships deteriorate, all because we just really don't want to deal with the truth, and we grow comfortable with lies rather than the truth. I read this great story about an elderly man who got swindled out of some money, you know, 50000 I can't remember the number exactly, but by some shady contractor, and he contacted the Better Business Bureau to see if he could get his money back, and he told the representative that he, from the very beginning, thought something smelled fishy about this. And the Better Business Bureau representative was very kind, but he says, you know, sir, if if it, if it smelled fishy from the beginning, why, why didn't you call us then? He said, well, I was afraid you'd tell me not to do it. You see, it's not in Jack Nicholson's words that we can't handle the truth. It's just that it makes us uncomfortable. We don't want to do the truth. And to make matters worse... We, we live in an age of competing truths, competing truth claims, competing visions about what makes one happy, what brings satisfaction, what lasts in this world, and the simple reality is that everything cannot be true. And here's the point that I, I hope I'm building up to on Christ the King Sunday. Jesus is the truth. Jesus, the Christ, the Alpha, the Omega, who was, who is, who is to come, crucified on a cross, raised from the dead, and coming again. Jesus said it point blank when asked, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Pontius Pilate is so wrapped up in his own version of power and image, his own version of the truth, that when the capital T truth is staring him right in the face, he can't see it. Look, at that point, at that point, when he asked Jesus, are you a king, and Jesus says, I am, Jesus is either a liar, or he's a lunatic, or he's exactly who he says he is, Lord of lords, king of kings, the truth. And look, I, I get why Pilate didn't buy that. I get why Pilate didn't get that right away that was then this is now that all happened before Jesus rose from the dead before he climbed out of the tomb before he ascended into heaven there are so many ideas out there in the religious marketplace as it always has been and always will be even within the church there are so many versions of the truth and we need a standard. We, we need something to help us recognize the truth. And thanks be to God, we do have one, and the church celebrates it at the end of every church year. So let me make sure I say it clearly. How do you know the truth? If it's not consistent with WDJD, not what would Jesus do, but what did Jesus do, if it's not consistent with the biblical witness of Jesus Christ, and let's be honest, Not even all of Scripture is consistent with the biblical witness of Jesus. Not some sentimentalized, politicized, sanitized, nationalized, individualized view. But the witness of Jesus, if it's not consistent with the ancient creed, which is why we rehearse it every week, if it's not consistent with Jesus, then it ain't the truth. Let me make sure you know why that matters now. It's not so that we can be right and lord it over everyone else that we know the right answer. Christian faith begins with our acknowledging that we don't know anything. And it's not so that we can believe and be saved. We are saved. Jesus did that for us. And it's not so that we can separate the world into right and wrong, good and bad, wheat and chaff, sheep and goats. We're all God's beloved children. We're all going to be gathered into the barn. We're all going to be led beside green pastures. It makes a difference because if Jesus is who he says he is, then he can be trusted and his promises are true. It's not a small thing when you tell someone, I'm going to be beaten up and crucified and on the third day I'm going to rise from the dead if you can keep that kind of promise you're the Lord of Lords King of Kings and you can be trusted these are the kind of questions we should ask not just when we're grieving but all the time how do you know you're going to go to heaven how do you know there's going to be a reunion with those you love in heaven because Jesus said so not the church, not the Bible, not some flavor of the church, not some pastor somewhere. Jesus looked those thieves on the cross right in the eye and said, today I'm going to be with you in paradise. Why should you love your neighbor, all your neighbors, all the time, not just the ones with homes and countries, even those without, because Jesus said so, because Jesus told us to. Why should you turn the other cheek? Why should you speak well of those who hurt you? Why should you give your coat when someone asks for your shirt? Why should you believe that ultimately you're not going to get crucified and died for that? Because Jesus said so. And he's the truth. Live fearlessly? Wow. Live with hope when everything else seems to be falling apart, even when things are falling apart in every aspect of your life. Why should you live like the future is in God's hands and there's nothing that will ever separate you from the love of God? Because Jesus said so, and he's the truth. The truth matters. reminder of this Taoist story, a young student monk wanted to learn from his master about jade, about the spiritual depth of jade. You know, Taoist thing, jade's kind of an important thing, Uh, but Went to the master and said that's what he wanted to do. The master put a piece of jade in his hand and said, hold on to that. And then he began to talk to him about philosophy, about the stars and the moon and the sun and about all things. And after about an hour, he took the stone back and he said, come back tomorrow. And then the same thing happened the next day. And the next day. And the next day. Never once a mention of the jade. Every day holding it in his hands. Treasure. Boys understandably getting frustrated. When am I actually going to learn about Jade? But he trusted the teacher. I say it differently. The teacher was worthy of his trust. And one day, as they began, as he had done every day, the old master put a stone in his hand, but it wasn't Jade. And instantly the boy said, hey, that's not Jade. He knew Jade. He knew it. He had been living with it, holding it. And never again would he ever be fooled by an artificial stone. Next week is Advent. The start of a new church year in which we begin to express our longing and waiting for God to bring this world to a better place. Unfortunately, I think it's also known in our postmodern culture as (laughs) pre-Christmas. Every value of Jesus will be put to the test in our culture between now and the birth of Jesus. So the church sets aside one Sunday at the end of the year and as we look forward a new year of waiting and longing, one Sunday of the church year to remind us where real hope resides, where the truth is found, and to make one and only one point. Jesus is the truth, now and forever. His promises are true. We shall not be fooled by an artificial. We proclaim Jesus died, risen, ascended into heaven. We proclaim King of kings, Lord of lords, God of gods, capital G God, King of love, good shepherd, friend of sinners, Savior. Whether we like it or not, whether we prove it or not, whether it's popular or not, He's the real deal. Jesus, the truth. Amen.